0: Thanks for joining Impact Boom on this episode.
1: It doesn't take long before you realize, unfortunately, to change the world, it's got to be a business model. There's got to be something in there which creates money. Money is an interesting thing. And you can tell when you have a business swap view, everybody, the first thing they say is, how do you make money out of it? Mm. What we look for is the value
0: and then to connect the values. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 360 of Impact Boom. My
2: name's Indio Miles, and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with Nicholas Robertson. Why would a one-time chef who worked for Circuit de Soleil and then became a teacher, decided to create the impossible business, Stone Soup. It's a story about how a traveler teaches a town in famine that when we are alone, we starve, but when we are together, we feast. It is a folk story about sharing, And he believes that swapping and sharing are very much the same thing. We have enough stuff, so why not swap something you have for something you want or need? Our problem is that the world's resources are in places and with people that don't use or need them. If we had a better way of redistributing what we have to who and where it is needed, then we would have less waste and decreased pollution. Swapping is perhaps the best example of the circular economy in practice. SwapU redistributes unwanted and unused goods to the people and places where they are needed. Using this unique swapping chain algorithm and existing logistics networks, SwapU finds matches between needs and wants and can measure carbon emissions and cash savings, adding value to the customer and business and the delivery partners. The SAAS product will assist large organizations to distribute assets to where they can be utilized. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing the principles of the circular economy and its relationship with creating sustainable social impacts, and how the SwapU app is revolutionizing the way we recycle and utilize goods effectively. Nicholas, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really exciting to have you here.
1: Thanks, India. Thanks so much for having me. I am looking forward to today. I've reached the impact boom and been listening to the podcasts, and yeah, now I'm I'm on one, so I uh, thank you for the opportunity. Very exciting to be speaking with you. And firstly, just to start it off
2: today, could you please share a bit about what's your background and experience in the social enterprise sector?
1: It's something I, I almost fell into. I guess social enterprise as a, a term it is relatively new, but it, charities and people using business to do good has been around For a long time, and we have got the label, which is social enterprise now, but for myself, it all started with that story of Stone Soup. And being a teacher, I I use some of the ideas of Stone Soup, professional development network. So for those people who are new to Stone Soup, the idea is basically a young boy goes into a town and he's hungry and he asks them for food. Nobody wants to share their food or give him any food. So he convinces them that if they pool all their ingredients, then the whole town can have a feast, a big bowl of soup rather than everybody having their little bits. So my idea as a teacher and also as a chef, so I probably was inspired a little bit by the food (laughs) element of stone soup, was to get everybody to pool their skills and their resources and we became I looked at everybody as a recipe and everybody as a recipe has different ingredients and my ingredients will be different to yours as far as we have a different family life a different education a different social life and all of those things make up us up as a meal or as a recipe so what I thought was if we change the ingredients to ourselves as a recipe then we can change who we are as far as our professional lives go. So I broke down everybody into their parts, whether it was their skills or what they did, and then connected those people to other people who would add to their recipe. So that's the start of SwapU in that swapping and sharing are very similar. Essentially, what we're doing is we're sharing something we have. With swapping, it's a little different. You swap one thing for another thing. But if those two people aren't using the thing that they're swapping, then there's an opportunity to increase experiences and to get more from what we have already circulating in our economy. I love
2: those ideas there. And and as you said, it's a really fascinating concept of How everyone has these individual experiences that when you combine all of that together and all of those separate ingredients, you can make something different and a bit more special, which is really fantastic. And you touched on it at the end there, you're the founder of SwapU and it's an app where users can swap any secondhand items or things around the house that maybe they don't want to use anymore and they can swap them for other people's items through bartering. So can you please share a bit more about the app's core functions and the things that it helps people with and how it creates a
1: social impact? Essentially, the idea is that bartering and swapping have been around before money. So since the dawn of time before fiat currency, we have a lot of value in in the items that we have, but unfortunately what we do is we put them into a box. We put them into a medium of cash exchange. And if we can't find somebody who agrees with our understanding of the value through cash, then we won't be able to sell that item. That item will stay in our house, it'll go to our cupboard or in our garage till eventually it becomes so degraded and so underutilised that it becomes rubbish. And in that space between when we were using it and when we throw it out, there's a lot of opportunities for other people to use it and other people to do something with that item and for us also to receive something that item so what we do on swap view is we ask people to list an item tell us what they want to swap for and then we ask our other users to give us an idea of what they'd like to swap for and then we connect the two people there's a challenge though in this and because we're a startup we're very open about the fact that we're a business designed to find a repeatable and scalable business solution. We know this problem's huge. So what we're trying to do is really get in connection with our customers and find a solution for them. And we think we've got that coming with our next product. We've also developed what I'd like to call top of the funnel. So when it comes to swapping, people are reluctant to make an offer for a swap because they might be laughed at so what we've introduced is, when I say it, but it's the Tinder style interface, it's swiping left and swiping right, because the reason that Tinder works so well is because you're liking somebody without essentially them liking you, you're just saying, okay, I like this person. And if that person likes you, well, you've got a match. Mm. So we do the same with what it does is it goes, okay, well, you know what, I'm not making an offer, I'm just showing the person that I like my item, and if they like my item, then we can talk and we can, we can make a swap. So that's the top of the funnel. You might be familiar with the red paperclip, mm-hmm. which is about a, a guy called Kyle McLaughlin who swapped a red paperclip all the way up from the house. Yeah. Now, when you delve into it, you can see that eventually when he does get the house, what he's, what he's getting is a house that the town which is giving away houses, essentially run downtown and they were reviving it. They wanted people to come back into it. And his story helped them bring more people into the town. As, as if everybody can swap a paperclip for a town, I don't want people to... To think that that's a possibility for everybody <laughs> but but there's so many stories people exchange great stories too we've had a hearse on swap view a big gold hearse swapped we've had hot rods we've had an experience with a tropical bird so a person owned a tropical bird and they would go to parties and they love the idea of being on swap view and seeing what they could get in exchange for that so we've had some really interesting things because so many people have things that are lying around their house that they know somebody wants. They know that somebody wants it. And if you look at a different way of it, it's to a different value understanding. And swapping and bartering is something that can be key to the circular economy, I believe, mm. as well, because it also production increases the pollution that occurs when we create new things. We don't need new things. There's so much stuff out there, it's just in the wrong place wow, really interesting. And I love that
2: reevaluation of value, really. That's a huge part of it is that the idea of swapping up, that's it, pardon the pun, sorry, but <laughs> it's changing up and swapping yeah. up the way we think about it and the mm-hmm. value of the things that are lying around our house. It's a really amazing platform. And we're very proud here at Impact Boone to have worked with you in the past on our Elevate Plus Accelerator program. And you've come a long way since then, which has been just really great to follow. And what were some of those key lessons, though, that you took away from the program and that would be valuable, perhaps, if you could share them with other purpose-led
1: entrepreneurs who themselves are seeking to create an impact? When you have an idea like this, you like you come at it. You're like, okay, I want to change the world. And you walk into the room, chest out. You, oh, I want to change the world. <laughs> it doesn't take long before you realise, unfortunately, to change the world, you, it's got to be a business model. There's got to be something in there which creates money. Money is an interesting thing, and you can tell when you have a business swap. view, everybody, the first thing they say is, how do you make money? Mm. What we look for is the value and then to connect the value. So when I was working with the Impact Boom Accelerator, we looked for the connections that we could make up and down the chain of the swap itself. So we looked at the fact that if people swap more, they're less likely to suffer from poverty because they're not going to spend money on things they don't need. They're going to have more cash. There's going to be less wastage, less pollution. We We looked at those things, but the good thing that was working with Tom, And uh, Impact Boom was the ability to look at the business model and to look at the ways of partnering with people and people who could see the value in what we were doing for their business to align all businesses together to help swapping occur and people save money and decrease waste.
2: That's really fabulous. And I'm glad that you took so much away from that program and looking into and reviewing your own business models. It's a fantastic thing that we were able to help you with there at SwapU and then see the progress. Thank you for sharing that insight there, Nicholas. And in the broader movement of working towards the circular economy, which you said that SwapU is going to be a big part of and that you want to play a role in, what changes have you observed in the circular economy? And where do opportunities remain for people to move more quickly away from the linear take and using and then disposing items economy?
1: I've seen a lot more connection with corporates actually taking up expertise within the circular economy. I've seen a lot more corporates actually go, okay, we're going to look into this. Sometimes you look at and go, okay, is it greenwashing? What's actually happening? Mm. I guess from my own perspective, I'd love to be able to physically actually see it happening. I think we're probably early on in the piece where the regular Joe Blow on the street can go, okay, this is what the circular economy is. And here's an example of it in my life. That's where I think we should aim at. We can look at all the ways of keeping products within a circular system rather than ever becoming waste. And we can build towards that. That's what I'd love to see. But I'd love for everybody to know what it is and for everybody to experience in their life and to point out a point where it's evident. That would be a great way for us to connect. And for everybody to know what circular economy is, I think we've got a a way to go. But when you think about it, we're only really starting. There's a long way to go, but we're working there closely. And I reckon we're not too far off from getting some real impact, to use that word again. Mm, wow, that's really
2: fabulous to hear. And I'm glad that those connections within that space are building more and that you've observed that change moving. And there's a lot of progress to be made, but it's good to see the foundations have been established. And we're starting to move into the end of our interview now. And I've just got two quick questions to ask you here. So first one is, what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across which are creating a
1: positive social change? One thing that I like, and I'm inspired by being a bit of a tech geek, is what Brett Levy's doing at Virtual Songlines. I really like what he's doing. I love how you can go to South Bank, pull out your phone and and hold it up and see what South Bank looked like the day before colonisation. I think those things reach out and they touch people in a way that is unique and it really helps people to see the story of Indigenous people and the scars and the challenges that could imagine having an entire society wiped out in, in the space of a day. Using tech in that way is something very emotional when I used it. I, I think if I could just offer one thing, there's so many people out there who are doing such good things, but they're all siloed off. And many of them are working in the same area or in the same space. Just like, I guess, the stone soup idea if everybody was to work together and, and to have more of a coordinated effort rather than taking off their own little piece of the pie. Often I'll see organisations who are so closely aligned that everybody's doing something slightly different, but if they were to just get together and work together, I can see a lot more impact being made. Impact Boom does that well, actually, as far as connecting people. There's been so many meetings I've gone to with Impact Boom where we we get together and we say, "Oh, have you spoken to this person?" The ability to have that connection is quite great. I, I really like that. And I always go to as many meetings as I can. as you, oh, you'll <laughs> find me to most of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's really kind words there. Thank you for sharing that. And
2: it's definitely saying that that we aspire to to do at Impact Boom is really connect people within the Sector and as you said a bit earlier, even with the stone soup comments, like bring people together with those different ingredients, the different Mm. expertise and skills to make something a bit more special, a bit of a different recipe. As you said, there virtual songlines, huge impact in both of those organisations. They'll be linked in at the end of the articles, so whenever people have either listened to us, chat or they've read through, they'll be able to click on through those. But before we finish up, just quickly. What books or resources do you have sitting on your shelf or on your tablet at home that you would recommend to our listeners?
1: I'm a bit of a startup scene nut. I stumbled upon it as you progress through life. You find these things. I'm so glad I found the startup world. So the Lean Startup, Eric Reed, I would definitely recommend that. Also, there's a whole bunch of other startup books. The All-In Startup, it's an interesting book. It's fictional, but it all it's also it's got some good pointers as she goes through explaining that. Lean, Lean as well, which is a partner book to startup written uh, by a different author. But it goes through and it, it has a really strong description about all the things you should be looking to measure. I've also used a book that seems to be designed for evil, but I've used it for good. It's called Hooked. It's all about UI, UX, and it's all about the tools which big tech uses to engage with people, and it's the four processes um, wow. that every particular online business uses to bring people back in around. But I'm using that for good in my next process because um, looking at getting as many people as I can to use the next thing that we're building. So, knowing some human behavior around that is important, as long as it's used for good, of course. As well as that, I like regular authors. I like Tom Robbins, I'm reading at the moment. Also, reading a Foo Fighter book, Dave Grohl's book. He's fun, he's interesting. <laughs> John, no, Jonathan Livingston, the book about a seagull. And it's a book written from the perspective of a seagull. And it's really interesting. Wow. It's big in the 60s because it talks about the seagull who teaches himself how to fly outside of the flock. And eventually, I won't give it away. But you- it sounds really fascinating. I know it's a- <laughs> and it's tiny too. It's a tiny book. So it takes half an hour to wow. read. It's very small. So so it's a bit of fun. So if you want to know about what seagulls do. <laughs>
2: Cool. That's a great collection there of recommendations, Nick. Thank you so much for sharing that. And as well as all the organizations that you mentioned and the people and those reads, that great list there, that'll all be linked in, as I just said before, at the end of the article. But that brings us to the end of our interview today, Nick. I just want to say on behalf of Impact Boom, we've had a great journey working with you from the Elevate Plus Accelerator up until now. And we'd love to see the work that you're doing and the impact you're creating in that circular economy space. We can't wait to see what work you get to do in the future and all of the great social impact you'll create. Good luck. And thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Indio, and thank you to Impact Boom for all your support and help given me hope to keep working, and I hope we can keep working together. So
0: thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below, and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page, and Twitter we